and I came to get down. I'm not internationally known, but I'm known to rock the microphone because I get... I'm not internationally known either, and I am known to rock the microphone app on the uh, iPhone. (laughs) Do you know that song's by some people named Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock? I always just assumed it was Salt and Pepper. (laughs) Um, Well, if you're wondering why that was a song choice, it's not because we're doing, what is this, 90s? I don't know. It's because we're doing... Uh, the top five do's and don'ts of dating. <laughs> That's what we usually do over here. Yeah, after a week of talking about Taylor Swift and then a week of talking about Universal Orlando, we're moving into the logical next topic, uh, dating. Um, I've actually had somebody on here before who was a relationship therapist. So this is actually my second relationship therapist that's been on the podcast. Um, very interesting how that happens. Um, I don't know how uh, the guest today and I found... Uh, one another, but we've been following each other on Instagram for a couple of years, ever since I've been out in Australia, and now she's here on the podcast. This is somebody I've never met in person before. Um, Bethany Hiska Hill is the one who's on the podcast today. She is um, kind of like a renaissance person, I would say. She has her own podcast um, called... Um, Love, Sex, Magic, and Powerhouse. Um, She is a relationship therapist on her own. You can book coaching calls with her. Um, She's been on radio stations, other people's podcasts. She's been on television. She's a newscaster. She's like a jack-of-all-trades kind of vibe. Um, I'll link to her website in the episode description, of course. Um, But yeah, um, life coaching as well is something she does which is cool. Um, Lots of different things. And uh, I think she's even written a book um, about this topic um, and loving yourself and finding what's best for dating. So um, it was just kind of, you know, we're, we're trying new things here in season four. And that includes reaching out to people who are not just friends and family, but, you know, experts on topics and and she reached out to me as well. And it just all works out. Um, And hopefully that'll keep rolling throughout the rest of the season. Um, but you know, the links are in the episode description. Definitely check her out if you're interested in this, in what you hear and want to learn more or anything like that. Um, yeah, she's from Adelaide, Australia. So if you're also, this is like also like my seventh Australian person on the podcast. So you never know what's going to, uh, filter through on the podcast, but we're happy to have you here. Thank you for being here. Um, Bethany. And I hope you all enjoy this episode as we get into the November part of the Burr months. Happy Christmas time to all. Happy holiday season and enjoy this um, episode. It's a shorter one, but still good. Okay. Love to all. Enjoy. Even if you're only a day removed from existential crisis. <laughs> Who could that be among us of all the world? We love it. Uh, and do it up. Mates? Hey, I don't know. What do you want from me? Leave me alone. Welcome, everybody, to another episode um, of Goodbye, Mellonbrook Road. We are still cruising through season four right now. And, you know, I've said many times before that these topics can be absolutely anything and they can be with anyone. And this is a very exciting one that we're doing here because we have somebody here who's all the way from Adelaide, Australia. Um, coming into us now to talk about all sorts of 
um, advice for dating and do's and don'ts. And I feel like we have like a real expert here um, because she's done podcasts. There's a book. um, There's so much here. And I just would love for you to maybe talk about even some of that if you're willing. Um, Please welcome uh, Bethany Hiska Hill. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, so would you mind, maybe we could start, ask about, could I ask you about the book a little bit, um, and what that entails and maybe even, I mean, obviously I'll link to everything in the episode description, but I'm just curious, um, about the book. Yes. Well, I, um, the book started because of my very, very interesting love life, (laughs) my history with dating and, um, you know, the way it changed me as a person from when I was a very young girl. Uh, so in it, it's just basically all the lessons that I've learned that um, that I would want my daughter to know. Um, that, you know, all the advice that I've given my girlfriends that, you know, have fallen in with the wrong man um, or woman. <laughs> so basically, it's just a, a book that has a little bit of my history, but also um, just all the lessons that I have learn to get me through because I know that um, as a woman especially it's more geared towards women women you can um you can really like the people that you choose in your life can affect your future um and my biggest thing was that my relationship with my father and how he was with me and how I saw him with my mum is part of the reason why I chose the horrible people that I chose in the beginning um, and if it wasn't for me pulling myself out of a really dark place, I'd be in a completely different place right now than the one I'm in now. So I just really wanted to help other women get out of the sort of trap of toxic relationships. That's awesome. Um, yeah. That's a a really great crux for the book. Um, and um, I think it's definitely um, worth checking out for sure. And you have, or maybe it's on hold a little bit, a podcast of your own, right? Yes. I started well during COVID. Um, I was interviewing people just like we're doing now over Zoom, mm-hmm. just for content for the book. I wanted to get some experts to weigh in and whatever. Um, and I was like, why don't I just turn it into a podcast? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because I was working from home and I was recording it anyway. So I thought, I, obviously, I've got their permission first. And it was... Um, yeah, I sort of turned it into like a YouTube channel and a podcast and then uh, then went back to work full-time as a reporter um, and didn't have time to do it anymore. But it's still, it's still up. I'm still willing to interview people. Now I've got more time on my hands being on maternity leave. <laughs> Hopefully I can do a few more. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, uh, very cool. I mean, you it feels like you wear many hats, the reporting, writing a book, podcast, there's so much going on. Um, thank you for making yeah. the time to be here too, especially among all of it. <laughs> um, so first up, um, in terms of questions that I had, um, the first one I wanted to ask about is like, um, I know it can depend on the situation for a lot of people when it comes to dating or relationships, um, like what what one person might consider a red flag could be a green flag to someone else, or maybe it is exactly what that person's looking for. But I was wondering if you knew of anything that could be considered like a universal red flag and then also a universal green flag. Definitely a universal red flag is always uh, control. So whether man or woman, if they 
show controlling tendencies, especially if it's early, that's a massive red flag. Um, so if they try and sort of cut off your support system or um, trying to make you rely solely on them, trying to tell you sort of what to wear, um, that you shouldn't think a certain way, um, who are you talking to? <laughs> you know, you can't have friends of the opposite sex, et cetera, et cetera. It seems like a really obvious one, but it's one that most people overlook. Yeah. Um, we know when you're in that sort of newness of the relationship, you're feeling all warm and fuzzy and you're like, ah, oh, it's fine. He just cares about me or, you know, she just, she just really likes me. Um, but no, as soon as you start seeing those controlling tendencies, that that's one of the first red flags that people show. And I, I even just saw a TikTok that went viral of these two people who are dating in college and they have this rule where they don't sit next to people of the opposite sex when they're in class or even on discussion <laughs> forums, they said they don't respond to people of the opposite sex and when there's questions. And that was just like, I was like, oh, that's, that's a crazy rule to start off a relationship with. Yes. See, it's, it's obvious to most people that kind of thing is just like, oh dear. Because um, <laughs> I mean, if the most important thing in a relationship is trust. And mm -hmm. if you really don't trust someone that much, if you're that insecure that your partner can't even sit next to somebody like that, that's, that's like a, hmm, that's, <laughs> I haven't even, I have not seen this yet, but it just, it blows my mind because that's just not a healthy relationship in the slightest. Oh, um, you can't start when you come way. into a relationship, you can't be relying on someone else to, yeah, you've got to come in as a whole person. So like with my husband and I, we both have friends of the opposite sex and we're completely fine with it because we trust each other completely. And we know if the other person did cheat or whatever, we would be fine because what they do doesn't affect us. Like obviously be upset, but um, if you're constantly worried about what your partner is doing, if they're sitting next to someone of the opposite sex, I mean, that's no way yeah. to live or no way to have a relationship. And it wouldn't make you wrong for trusting them in the first place. It would be something that yeah. they did that was wrong. Exactly. I mean, that's on them if they want to go out and do that. Mm -hmm. You know, that doesn't mean you're any less of a person. It just means you go out and you find someone who respects you enough. <laughs> Absolutely. How about a universal yeah. green flag? Universal green flag. Someone who is has a good work ethic, I think. Some, like stable stability, you want to look for stability, um, someone who's humble and someone with a good support network. So someone with like family and friends um, and who encourages you to have one too. So basically they're like, you do, you, you go do you, you have whatever friends you want because I'm secure in myself. So security, I would say is a universal green flag. Security and stability. Can I have two? <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like they kind of even, like, they're like the inverse of the, the red flag. Like, yeah. they're kind of mutually exclusive when it comes to that and control. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I wanted to ask as well, I mean, you talked a little bit about how during the pandemic you were able to do a bunch of stuff over Zoom. And I think during that pandemic, there's there was a ton of, like, increase in, like, online dating. It was a lot harder to, like, go places to meet people. So a lot of it was just kind of virtual. Um, yeah. And I mean, I've done both online and in-person dating. And I mean, now being in a relationship, I certainly would never want to go back to either, but I feel less um, inclined to ever go back to online dating. And I was wondering what 
you thought about online dating? Like, sure, it might be easier to find people, but do you think it's easier to make a connection in that way? Um, I'm a fan of online dating, but also there's, with anything, there's positives and negatives. Uh, obviously, there's a lot more choice out there. <laughs> there's a lot of people who use photos that aren't exactly true to who they are as well, which causes a lot of issues. Um, I, in my experience, my husband's from New Zealand, so we started online dating for like months before we even met. And I attribute that to the fact that we're together now and that we have such a good relationship um, because we got to know each other online first and over the phone. Um, We couldn't, you know, just jump straight into bed together and (laughs) kind of skip the getting to know you part, which is another mistake people make. Um, so I, I think there's pros and cons. Um, yeah, I think there's. It's also a problem when there's too much choice. Yeah. Um, and I know in Adelaide, in Adelaide, it's quite a small. It's sort of like a country town here. So um, I know a couple of my girlfriends who've got Tinder, and they'll be scrolling Tinder together, and they'll be matching with all these people that you know our friends have matched with some that they've slept with and it's just like a big cesspool of like, yeah, <laughs> this is why I'm so glad that I'm, I'm not yeah. doing the Tinder thing, <laughs> you know. Just avoid it altogether. It's way more accessible. Yeah, especially in the same areas. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Um, speaking of that sort of thing, what is something that people usually – tend to do like what's like a very commonly accepted thing that happens on first dates that you might consider to actually be like a big mistake or even just a small mistake i think um not wearing clothes that are comfortable (laughs) the big one uh especially girls they'll go to a date and they'll be you know they'll either have stuff hanging out or really uncomfortable shoes and I probably sound like an old mum now, <laughs> but basically if you're not comfortable in what you're wearing or you're feeling self-conscious or whatever, you're not going to be able to fully focus on the person in front of you and getting to know them. You're too worried about what they're looking at or how something looks on you. Um, drinking too much on the first date is also a no-no. <laughs> I know some people can get nervous and so they just start drinking and then it just gets messy. Mm-hmm. Um Talking, like rambling too much about yourself. Some people do out of nervousness. Um, So I suggest slowing down and asking the date questions about them. Um, Also, if you can't think of anything to talk about, you can ask them questions about them and just keep them talking the whole time. Yeah. It's another trick I use. (laughs) No, that's good advice. I think um, that was a thing that I struggled with a lot was like, in my head, I'd be like, oh, I'm talking too much about myself. I need to shift the focus. And then I'd be like, oh, now, I'm, but do I seem like I'm not talking about myself at all? Do I seem like I'm just like interrogating this person now, like question after question? It's a fun yeah, balance yeah. to try to find. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> well, now that you're not dating anymore, um, what's something that you wish you could have told yourself when you were? Well, it depends on, on when you're talking about because um last time I was when I was single the last time was when I had I was divorced with three kids so um a big mistake I think I made was not really 
was thinking that people were doing me a favor by dating me because <laughs> I'm like I come with all this baggage so um you know and but it's it, it's strange being a relationship therapist for as long as I have and you still make the same mistakes everyone else does <laughs> when it comes to your own life so I wish that I told myself that I deserve better um not to ignore red flags um and just being more confident in what I had to offer offer you know baggage or not <laughs> yeah um yeah I think that's good advice for lots of people like that like you know if you're putting yourself out there you should be making sure that you know you're worth it and making sure that if somebody doesn't treat you that way then there's going to be somebody who will and just moving on instead of having those hang-ups exactly and that and that's a big thing that I find with most of my clients especially females is that they don't give themselves enough credit they don't see how beautiful they are how talented they are how funny they can be like how intelligent they are um you know mostly because they've had you know toxic relationships in the past and you know with with women when you say horrible things to them I mean with anyone really humans (laughs) if someone says something negative about you personally that sticks with you in your mind and then you start sort of believing it's true so I think a lot of people settle for less than they deserve because they don't have that love for themselves and I think that's really sad and that's why I wrote the book (laughs) that's perfect um I think that's um I think that's a great kind of motivating factor to base a book around. I think it could help a lot of people on just kind of recognizing that aspect of it and it could lead into all the things that you've mentioned so far like that confidence and knowing what you want out of a relationship and being comfortable on the first date too. That's good advice. Yes, not 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 ordering anything messy as well. Yeah. That's the, that, that's another thing I was going to say. <laughs> um a lot of a lot of girls just order a salad on the first day. I know that's really stereotypical, but it happens. <laughs> They're too scared to eat in front of the person. Mm-hmm. But if anyone is like, I love food so much. Like our first date, my husband and I, I we got burgers, which is the worst thing you can probably do. <laughs> we got messy and everything, but I felt comfortable enough to do that with him, and that's it's kind of how I knew that we were meant to be together because I was never so comfortable around someone. Right, I kind of need. Yeah, like if you feel comfortable enough to just eat what you want to eat. <laughs> um, and definitely if, if someone makes you feel guilty for ordering, you know, chips or something, you know, that's not salad. <laughs> that's just get up and walk away. Don't even don't even stay for dessert. Um, <laughs> and another thing I'll say about the dating, again, is don't expect him to pay for the meal. Um it's nice that a man does that for you, but don't go in there like expecting a free meal. Go in expecting a 50-50 split because uh, these days that's that's what most people are doing. So it doesn't mean he's less of a man because he won't pay for dinner. Excellent. Um, and the burgers too. I mean, I feel like um, knowing that like you were both okay with each other being like that, that it opens up a lot more in the future where you know that you like, all right, well, I... I I ate this burger in front of him or I ate this burger in front of her and didn't scare him away. So it's going to be promising for the next date. Yeah, exactly. And again, I think that we were comfortable enough to, to do that together because we took the time to get to know each other online first and over the phone first. Right. So we built up like a base of a friendship before we went on our first date. 
um, which I had to fly to New Zealand for. <laughs> wow, that's a crazy first date. Yeah. <laughs> that's it awesome. was an expensive first date. <laughs> I'm glad I did it because now he's here with me in Australia. He's stuck here. Well, did, I mean, you flew out to New Zealand. Did he pay for that first date? No. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, no, he did. He paid for the date. Oh, at least Not there's the that. <laughs> the, the, the burger he did pay for. <laughs> um, my on the first date with my current girlfriend, I have never had sushi before, and we went to a Japanese restaurant, and I was like, okay, do not order sushi. This is not the time to try it for the first time. And I ordered something that did not say it was sushi, but when it came to the table, it came as sushi, um, and I was not <laughs> expecting that. And I have, I'm also really bad with chopsticks, so that was the the cross I had to bear there, and it still went okay. Nothing was too bad, but I was just like, oh god, I can't believe I ruined it. What was it? She's your girlfriend now still, isn't she? Yeah, it's still still working, so nothing went too poorly. <laughs> How was the sushi? And it was pretty good. Like I mean, I was like, oh, I can't believe I've denied myself this for so many years just out of... Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm a big sushi fan. I eat it pretty much every day. I'm not meant to, but <laughs> I'm pregnant, but I, <laughs> I do. You can't deny it. I'm obsessed it. with it pregnancy. <laughs> it's too good. Um, yeah. I also want to... Um, I feel like... I wanted to ask one more thing. Like, how do you feel about um, movies as a first date? Like, I feel like I'm anti, but I was curious what you think. I'm not a fan of that. I don't get why people do that because you can't talk to them. You're just sitting there awkwardly with someone you'd hardly know. Right. Just, yeah, worried about what you're going to say after the movie's over. (laughs) Like, it's, yeah, it's a really odd choice for a first date, I think. Yeah, for sure. I think that's more of like a third, fourth date thing. Yeah. I always, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> my go-to pitch for a first date, I was always like, do you want to get ice cream? That was always my, like, I, like I'm not a big <laughs> coffee person, so I would just go for ice cream. Excellent. Well, <laughs> I'm curious now, um, we try to do like top five or top three lists here on the podcast. And I wanted to ask you um, for your top three do's and don'ts of dating. Um, did you want to maybe start with the don'ts? Don'ts of dating. <clears throat> um, so we're not talking about first first dates here. We're talking about dating in general. Yeah, just in general. What are the most like important things to like try to not do or avoid? Ah, uh, yes. Okay. So I was yeah. Start with the don'ts because I've actually I had a conversation with one of my clients before this podcast, and I asked him <laughs> what one of his biggest don'ts was, and it's nothing. I, I hadn't really thought of this before. Um, but he, he said, don't try and explain why you're single, like in the first few dates, hmm. especially if you're going to blame your ex. <laughs> so oh, yes. Girls that are sitting there blaming their exes for the reason why the relationship didn't work, men or women that do that, that's don't do that. Because, you know, it's, it's hardly ever just one person's fault. It takes two to tango and relationships don't work because of, you know, they didn't work together. It's not just one person's fault. So don't badmouth your exes. <laughs> so that's one. Um, that's a good one. Yeah. Obviously, don't try and control the other person. Mm-hmm. I'll keep coming back to control because that's just such a massive one. Don't don't go through their phone. Um, don't overthink what they're doing at different times. Just concentrate on yourself. <laughs> Um, what would be a third one on the don't of dating? Don't get too serious too quickly. 
Because another red flag is saying I love you within the first, like, month. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, you can feel all those feelings, but, you know, real love doesn't happen overnight. That takes, it takes quite a long time of getting to know someone, seeing them at their worst, seeing them at their best, and, you know, making a decision to stick with that person um, no, no matter what kind of thing. Yeah. So you can have those lovey-dovey feelings in the beginning. I know it can feel like love, but that's just a chemical reaction in your brain. Right. <laughs> and saying it too early can, can do damage because if someone says, I love you, that's like a serious relationship straight away. And then if it doesn't work out a few months down the track when, you know, you see them at their worst and realise that they can't handle a situation properly or you can't handle the situation together properly and then you split up, it makes it ten times worse. And so they're, they're probably my top three don'ts. No, those are good ones. I feel like, especially like the one you just mentioned about saying I love you too soon, like we got to make sure it's not feeling infatuation too, because then if it does go south, like you mentioned, it could give people like a warped idea of what they actually think love is supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. And um, that's actually, narcissists use that as, and it's called love bombing. I don't know if you've heard of love bombing. Um they say, I love you. They say all the right things, like, oh, I want to, you know, start a family, let's move in together, all those things. That's always a massive red flag. <laughs> and from all the, myself included, all the women that I've counselled that have had a man that started off like that, it's always ended up in the most horrible, toxic relationship they've ever had. <clears throat> so, yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's definitely a good don't to have on the don't list. Um, <laughs> but as you try to, as we... Or as we try to go to wrap things up here, I'm curious. Let's end on a positive note. What are some great things to do while you're dating? Definitely do things together that you wouldn't usually do. Like do things that scare you. Do adventurous things. Um, I dinner dates are fine, but they're kind of boring. Like if you really want to get to know someone, chuck them in a shark cage or something. <laughs> That's a fun I, uh, one. Um, I've done that and it's, it's terrifying. <laughs> Maybe not shark page for the first date, but yeah, you know, do, do something outdoors, go to the beach, like really trying to experience and see that side of the personality nature and doing all sorts of different things, not just dinner all the time and movies. That's kind of cliche stuff and it doesn't really allow you to get to know the very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wrote some stuff down, but they're all negative. <laughs> That's okay, too. I mean, any advice is welcome advice, I'm sure. <laughs> I think I've mentioned all of the things, the do's of dating. That I would, like, have your own life. Still go out with your friends. Don't, don't become infatuated with this one person and wanting to do something with them all the time. Like, keep some mystery. Mm. Um, you know, have your own goals. Don't expect something too soon. Like I know, uh, and I and I, I've done this too. When you have that like infatuation in the beginning, you like start thinking about babies and you know what your wedding dress is going to look like. <laughs> just just chill, just pump the brakes, and maybe just you know just enjoy that initial dating feeling because it's it's fun in the beginning. And don't jump in the sack too soon. <laughs> I think that I think those are the perfect sentiments uh, to go out on. Enjoy enjoy the early parts. They only come around once in a relationship, and 
and don't jump in the sack too soon. That's a, that's a perfect one to make sure that you remember. Um, well, uh, Bethany, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. No worries. It's been fun. <laughs>